Do you ever think about utopia? Do you ever think about ethical dilemmas? Do you ever think about the other people on public transport? Do you ever think about the demise of civilization as we know it? And welcome to Do You Ever Think About? I'm one of your hosts, Merida Violet. And I'm the other host, Candace Jade. Hello, Candace. Hi, Merida. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we're talking about satisfaction. Mm. Um, and just to let everyone know as well that um, the second half of this episode was actually recorded over Zoom. So you might notice a little bit of a change in sound. Um, and that's what that is. Um, but Today we're talking about satisfaction again because we wanted to just be really satisfied with what we had to say about it. So <laughs> um, to start off, I want to know, do you ever think about satisfaction? I guess not in so many terms. Like I guess not, <laughs> like I don't I don't walk around and just being like, oh yes, satisfying. That's so satisfying and all I ever, but I guess it is a massive driving force of anybody doing anything. And it kind of wasn't until we'd, discussed this um topic that I started thinking about it in those kind of terms but what about you do you ever think about satisfaction I'm probably with you there I hadn't thought deeply about it um other than in a way in a sort of philosophical way of kind of in the back of my mind the idea of the human condition is sort of perpetual dissatisfaction. Mm. And so I sort of thought about it like that, but it was never something that was top of mind for me. It wasn't something I mulled over quite frequently. Well, what do you, now that we're talking about it and we have got this space to mull it over, uh, what do you find satisfying, Merida Violet? Oh, well, let me think. Um, probably one of the most satisfying things I can think of is cleaning. <laughs> um, and this is also not just cleaning, but watching other people clean. Something that Callum and I do, it's a real great family time. We spend watching people pressure wash really dirty driveways or like detail a really filthy car. Super calming, super satisfying. Um, and then when I am myself cleaning, it's something that's really, um, it's just the most satisfying physical activity or uh mental I think it's because I'm just not thinking about anything but I'm doing something and then at the end of it you can see the progress and it's completely done mm. and so cleaning is like super satisfying yeah I think there's something about those kind of jobs like cleaning or farming I'd say fall into that whole thing where it's really satisfying to be able to see the exact amount of progress you're making in real time and with cleaning you do get that thing as, as you're doing it or the pressure washing driveway you can see how good the results are exactly as they're happening which yeah. I think is quite titillating yeah <laughs> yes. yeah something about the like you like even when I watch someone else clean part of my brain is like relating to that feeling of what they're doing and then it feels really like um like well, I want to say satisfying I know it's <laughs> so hard word. it's so, so hard not to use the word again but it's like very it's almost like a, the tactile feeling of like I'm the one who's sweeping the dirty 
uh, driveway or I'm the one who's getting in that little nook and cranny and cleaning out a mud caked um, mm. center console in the car. Do you know what that's probably got to do with that I'm just realizing? Yeah. Bloody mirror neurons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, that's a really good point. That means we learned something. That it is. means I've learned something in the course of this. Yes, that's oh, so true. Oh, I'm actually really shocked with that. Yeah. Um, not shocked that I learned something, but shocked I retained it. Yeah. <laughs> and what are the mirror neurons again? Um, they're the neurons in your brain that act like mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, like instrumental in certain functions of like empathy and how you learn and childhood development because a lot of it is re- uh, watching behavior and being able to what's it not empathize but maybe synthesize the same sort of behavior is that a, well what do you think is that what a mirror neuron is yeah I think so no no you we talked about it before and I think that it is that um mm. it, it allows you to um it was like an evolutionary necessity yeah because they they're very present in a lot of different activities like when we were talking about art and Mm. like how they're involved in that thing that whole uh it just just reminded me of it when you said that you were able to see yourself um or gain glean the same satisfaction from watching somebody as doing it in yourself yeah exactly and i think there's that there's other stuff that happens in your brain that makes you be able to relate to that person who is cleaning um, because you're sort of having a little um, an experience of like the anticipation of like, oh, it's real dirty. I think she's going to clean it. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, she's getting in there. She's really cleaning it good. <laughs> so there's a bit of tension and release going on there, I think, as well. And I- a bit of fetishism from what I can tell. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nothing more sensual than cleaning a nice filthy center console of a vehicle. <laughs> I've literally done that maybe once in my life, so I don't know why I'm like so relatable to that. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there something that you find particularly satisfying? There's a couple of things. Uh, first, first off the blog, I guess, is like a crisp high five. You mm. know where it's just like, bam. Yes. Mm. You make contact perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> and it was like the same energy met, like uh, mutual mutual off tits vibes on both sides and it's enough to put a spring in your step pretty much for like at least half an hour I think um and I guess the other thing is I love it when I'm able to pull off something like a parallel park or do a particularly like I don't know with driving stuff there's a lot of satisfaction gained from feeling Mm. like I am a competent and smooth driver and when something reflects that and validates that um image that I've put in my head although a lot of people wouldn't share my yeah. fantasy about me being a great driver that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there and it doesn't bother me um but like a good parallel park is a really like mm, fuck mm. yeah and then just certain words to stay not like just certain words like just the sound of them like copacetic mm. which means that everything is working in a mechanically satisfactory way that's oh yeah <laughs> it's like even that word is satisfying because it feels like it it um elucidates the feeling of what it is defined as so onomatopoeia is yes, what that is um, is, that, is <laughs> what that's called and now that i'm thinking about it most anim- uh, onomatopoeic words are satisfying probably because mm. they're they're just you, you can again see the result in real time for lack of a better sort of illustration but you can understand the word so much greater because it's being so succinct and so accurate yeah so I wonder if satisfaction has something to do with um 
like alignment between what you expected and what you got. Mm. Well, <laughs> Willie Shakes, William yeah. Shakespeare, uh, said that the root of all heartbreak is expectation. <laughs> and the, the, it's very true words. And that doesn't mean that all expectations end in heartache, but all heartache begins because of some sort of expectation. Mm. You can tell me I'm wrong. Any examples are welcome. No, well, like, just, <laughs> I mean, really, so when you say heartache, could that be the same thing as disappointment? I, I would say it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, because, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I would think of them as slightly different things, but I think Willie... I'll, I'll just in, Im, imbue what I think he meant was he meant disappointment. That's the spirit of Willie Shakes. He was exactly. all about just kind of repurposing whatever word for whatever you feel on the day. Absolutely. So in that spirit. Yeah, I think, well, I think um, a lot of the the most unsatisfying things are li- in life are because we are disappointed with what we got compared to what we were expecting to get. Well, I, I guess. I guess, and I guess that is a element of I guess satisfaction seems to be kind of broad and that there are different sort of types Mm. of satisfaction and that might be very well well one another one that I think is uh possible is something that validates your lifestyle or your choices maybe and so or like a pre-existing opinion that you maybe had and if something validates that whether that is uh, just um, like a benefit in your life, like whether mm. you, you've decided to start exercising and then one day you're able to outrun a small child. Yes. And always. you're like, that's satisfying because I like finally I'm seeing the fruits of this decision that I've made. Yes. Maybe. And like most people start running because they want to beat small children in that's foot why races. I, that's why I started <laughs> exercising for sure. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, that makes me actually think of another um, idea that I sort of jotted down when we were uh, coming up with, satisfaction um was the german word schadenfreude ah schadenfreude you know (laughs) everyone's favorite german word um but if we if uh, you aren't familiar with the word it means when you uh, derive pleasure from someone else's misfortune um and i was thinking about how that feeling is a very satisfying feeling and it's not it's not really that you've had a need met it's not really that you've had an expectation met, you know, which is like some types of satisfaction are, are related to that. It's more that you feel like, like what you were saying, justified or, or validated for your pre-existing belief um, about maybe the person who had the misfortune. So does that make sense? Like I can think of an example if you it, want. It does. I'm just like, and I'm thinking of example mm. as well, because I'm not sure if it happens all because I'm thinking like Britney Spears 2007 where pretty much every journalist's mu- mm. like pay packet was structured around her very public demise. Yes. Uh, which like I some people who's uh, I don't know because there's varying things. What would your example be? Okay well I was <laughs> the first thing I thought of was something quite topical with has been happening in the news this week <laughs> um, which is that our dear leader of my home country Mr. Trump has very unfortunately fallen ill with a 
horrible virus called COVID-19. If only there was something we could do. If only there was something he could have done to prevent this from happening. And I cannot be the only person in this world who's chuckling to myself, feeling like there's a bit of poetic justice in this man who did not believe that the disease was real for so long, and this man who allowed over 200,000 people to die, and this man who refused to wear a mask and refused for his staff to wear masks, somehow falls deathly ill, hopefully, deathly yeah, yeah. ill from it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, For his oh. recovery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, you know, so that, I think the, the delight that I feel, as cynical as it is, when I hear that he's been taken to the hospital, um, it's schadenfreude. It's like, I, I'm so satisfied. It's like karma, poetic justice, something in there, I think is also related to satisfaction. Yeah. Um, well, I guess if somebody, cause it's almost like the opposite of having your life validated by the choices that you've made is having someone very publicly, um, live that, like have the audacity to live and survive on a completely different set of moral, like, uh, moral compass or moral sort of framework. Value, framework. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I guess that is the opposite of being able to have your own life validated is when you're watching someone who has the audacity to not even like live it graciously, but to live like obnoxiously. Mm. And so I think poet, cause I, uh, I'm sitting here now pretending that I've always been very nice, but I'm not. And like <laughs> now, like right now I've come around to the whole like, oh my God, I can't believe I used to like hate Britney Spears so much. And there was a part of me in 2007 where I really enjoyed watching the whole demise of the whole thing. And I'm only just waking up to that very honest part of me as we're talking about it. Cause mm. before, as we started this conversation, I was like, I am the champion of Britney Spears. I love her. I love <laughs> yeah. her. Don't leave Britney alone. Leave you know, Britney. that classic. That Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm very aware. <laughs> but now that I'm thinking about it, I actually was quite satisfied when she started going through the whole thing. And it wasn't until like that South Park episode, you know, the really, really, really yes. good one. Yes. where She's like ripping her face off. And it was very poignant <laughs> and very like well illustrated of yeah. how people can just, swarm crucify like a you know a public figure like that phrase like oh how the mighty have fallen you know it's like that that phrase is always said with a bit of um schadenfreude but there's another word for that like a bit of like snark you know yeah, oh how the mighty have fallen it seems to be a um saying that was made exclusively by tabloid press to justify their shit yeah. probably they're like oh my god how could you spend all this time taking down what is like what was she was like in her 20s or something i know anyway enough about britney um because like enough <laughs> about britney. no but like but but really though like it's a good point that like you know we all i think look on and and see people failing and and feel satisfied mm. do you think it has something to do with jealousy that's what i was just yeah, about to sorry. say was like at that age uh, that would have totally been a jealousy and it wasn't even like jealousy that I wanted to be her because I didn't I was quite happy doing my like um weird alternative girl act over in the corner <laughs> um <laughs> alternative girl yeah alternative girl act um so alternative she wears black amazing so um, groundbreaking um but it wasn't even a jealousy of wanting to be like her because I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to wear the double denim as sick as it was. And I didn't want to wear a school day outfit, but I did want people. Huh, I don't oh, So trying to figure out like, why was I jealous of her? And it's the, the attention and all this like mm. success. 
fame um, yeah. yeah and just yeah. being able to live this life that I truly it truly was unattainable for me mm. um at that time and so it was really satisfying to watch somebody that has so much more than you lose that especially if you're in a time where you don't because I was not very satisfied at that time in my life at all I wasn't taking any sort of steps to care about my mental health and it was quite turbulent which makes me think because now when I'm Mm. in a much more clearer head frame and a lot more experience in life not heaps but a lot more um than what it was then but still yeah anyway it's neither here nor there but now actually after making making contentment and being present a lot more focus in my life that kind of stuff really doesn't bring me any joy nor satisfaction whatsoever so I wonder if they're correlated yeah I mean I think I can relate to having felt that when Britney Spears had a public meltdown I felt a little bit of like uh see no no, nothing's perfect nothing you know no one can be have everything Mm. um which is something I definitely wouldn't feel now. You know, like uh, if another celebrity were to have some sort of public freak out like that, I would probably just feel sad for them, you know, because mm. you, you can recognize that's what it is. And yet I don't feel sad for someone like Trump dying of COVID, fingers crossed, because probably because there's it's not jealousy that I, is the reason that I dislike him. The reason I dislike him is, you know, political. So, mm. um, and. He's very different from Britney Spears. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, ex- ex- yeah, absolutely. I guess I was just trying to point out the difference between. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the different types of. Um, why is it satisfying? It's like, well, in this for for your example with Britney Spears, it was satisfying because you felt like vindicated in your own life choices. Maybe. Mm, no. Maybe I don't know. No, that somebody that was more successful. Um, because it didn't vindicate my life's experiences, but with Trump, um. I think there's like the satisfaction falls in the poetic justice of it all. Yeah, yeah, the karma, the karmic sort of thing. Yeah, because yeah. it's just so fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. He's the, this is the disease that like after he's been downplaying and all that, yeah. and like oh my god, Ugh. and allowing so many people to die, and and not taking any precautions himself. Yeah, I think that's you know it's not like he was even for once ever really being careful or giving a shit about it, mm. and it's not just him; it's it's all of his inner circle too. I mean, it's just so delicious. It is delicious, is the word. <laughs> yeah. So that sense of justice, I think, is probably mm. part of what serves the satisfaction. Thing. Dissatisfaction. Mm. Did we find this out? Dissatisfaction always involve um, serotonin and dopamine. Because is satisfaction different from pleasure? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that we we can distinguish those things. So, like, because so, it is hard. So one of my first, when I was trying to come up with things that are satisfying to me, because I wanted to ask that question at the beginning, mm. and I was trying to think my first thoughts were all quite cliche things that maybe I don't even actually relate to. Like what, <laughs> can you remember a... Like uh, generically satisfying thing. Yeah, like, you know, well, if someone says, oh, you're putting that last puzzle piece into the puzzle. Or, you know, just like, I don't do puzzles. That's not satisfying to me. Or like ticking something off a to-do list. Yes, very satisfying. But it's not, that's not, you know, scratching the little itch that we really want. Um, but that's why I landed on cleaning. But it was actually really hard to think of things that, to distinguish between a satisfying thing and a pleasurable thing. Mm. Thing that I really, something I really like doing maybe isn't necessarily because it's satisfying. Yeah. Well, pleasure doesn't necessarily have to be satisfaction. Yeah. Like pleasure isn't necessarily satisfying, particularly if you're like, everyone kind of gets bored. I, well, 
I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I get bored sitting by like a poolside sort of uh, one of those hotels where you're one of those holiday sort of styles where you're sitting around lounging yeah. as it were for days. And some people might find that pleasurable. And I guess it is very pleasurable, but it's not satisfying. No, I guess. And it would only be satisfying if like you built the pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you've been working your ass off building that pool. And then you finally that first day that you sit down next to it and you get to like sunbake. Yep. That's the satisfying thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, trying to like figure out what the difference is between those things, I was kind of landing on like, okay, well, there's like kind of maybe two types of satisfaction where you've got the, the visceral things that happen to you. So you've, you've got a hunger and you like are really, really starving and you want to eat a burger. And so you go and you get a burger and that's super satisfying and you eat it. But then there's like the other kind of satisfaction where it's like, um, I'm, I had a like a question in my head and then I got an answer to it mm. and there's and then that door can close. So I feel like like maybe we might end up spending a lot of time on this episode just trying to define what satisfaction is. <laughs> I think that's that's probably exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> because there just seems to be so many different um, facets to it and like when like even like the first my first thought about this topic was that it was going to be something quite easy and fun to talk about and um you know I looked into some uh neuroscience things like what happens in your brain when you feel something really satisfying but when it comes to actually like defining like what is the experience of satisfaction I feel like it's a lot more open-ended than that (laughs) yeah and particularly like um one thing we talked about uh earlier before this particular recording was like okay in my family uh in my family full stop uh there's kind of a tradition or habit or tick if you will where we just kind of sing whatever song comes into our mind if it's related in any way or even if it's not if it's just got a similar tune that you can somehow like mold to whatever it is that you're looking at at that time so my father who I love a lot can't like hear anything that says satisfaction or derive from that word so he starts singing like i can't get (laughs) so now because i've got a a good relationship with my dad and it's like i find that a quite endearing funny thing that i'm used to and i've heard kind of and it means that he's in a good mood when he's like doing Mm. that now i'm wondering if my whole experience has been colored of satisfaction either because like subconsciously i all I, i can't think about that word in any way without thinking about the rolling uh the rolling stone song which is a goddamn toe tapper it's oh, a great yeah. song or like thinking about my lovely dad and so now the idea of satisfaction i'm like have i ever been satisfied or have i just been in a state of nostalgia and i didn't even know it <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is satisfaction because i feel that nice feeling that i do when my dad's around you yeah <laughs> but in actual fact i'm actually cold and walking up a hill <laughs> Uh, it's definitely both a mental state and a physical, physiological state. Yeah. Mm. Discuss. <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> I mean, I think that they're like uh, sort of like what I was saying before. Like, there's a there's a physiological satisfaction of um, having your needs met, your physical needs met, your biological needs met, mm. um, versus the. Like you could be in the cold and the rain and be totally satisfied because you're walking home 
from having been recognized for a piece of writing that you just well maybe that's not satisfaction no well like um you've (laughs) saved up all your money and you're actually like hiking through the jungle in the rain which is something that you've actually wanted to do and you're going to be meeting a summit like soon that comes above the clouds but in that moment you've never seen rain like this and it's very exciting because Mm. you're somewhere new and wondrous conversely with the whole thing about eating a burger and that satisfies you, what's weird is that you can also go the other way where you've decided that you wanted to change your life and change your body and so you've got that sense of a burger thing and you decide, no, I always go for the goddamn burger tonight. I'm going to stick with my diet uh, or whatever like lifestyle changes you've ever made mm. and then you feel a greater satisfaction later down the road um, and you feel like, and actually I think the same things get triggered in your brain when you've actually made the decision and you eat into like your salad and your veggies and you realize that you're full and you don't have those cravings anymore. And there's a level of satisfaction that comes from, I'm fulfilling the thing that I said I would to myself. Yes. Yeah. Like I did it, even though I didn't get that, um, you know, like if you're having like a really high willpower day mm. and you're like you know you've made a pledge to yourself that like hey I'm really going to try and eat less meat and so you you know just for ethical reasons for example and it's hard you know you really want you really want a burger and it's really going to be delicious and you can't tell me that fake meat tastes like real meat so yep. you're never going to have that flavor be satisfied by eating fake meat all of a sudden the neighborhood cats just turn around into little burgers working exactly and but you end up eating that fake burger or more likely what i would recommend don't try to replicate a burger just eat something else that is delicious i think those things are tasty <laughs> but we just don't have to call them meat this yeah. is the thing i think it's tasty and all that stuff like mm. vegan um cheese is delicious yes totally yeah, we don't have to call it but cheese, it's not cheese. <laughs> <laughs> exactly precisely so you you know you're really craving this burger and you're like i'm just you know i care too much about the environment i'm not going to have a burger tonight so you're going to eat something else, but instead you eat something else that's very delicious and it's healthy and it's ethical and you're very satisfied with your choice of what you ate. You're both satisfied physically because you ate that burger and you're no longer hungry mm. or that fake burger or that eggplant parmesan or whatever it was you had instead. Um, you're not, no longer hungry, um, but more than anything, you're satisfied that you stuck to your goal and your plan. Um, and I think that conversely, you could eat that burger and had you'd been anticipating it and then you finally eat it and it's not as satisfying because all you can think about is that poor cow and all the greenhouse gas emissions from uh, cattle farming and you end up eating it and it's just actually really disappointing because even though it tasted like what you wanted and that's and that was the you know the thing you were trying to satisfy was the flavor and the taste Mm. That's soured by the failure of your goals. <laughs> or even on a less like sort of morally uh, noble pursuit yeah. of something that I've experienced much, much more is just the unfulfilled expectation of how good it looks in advertising compared to the shit that mm. McDonald's serves you in this um, joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the whole thing of like so much money goes into making that thing look awesome. And so you see this burger and you're like, nothing's going to satisfy me until I get that. And then you get it and it turns out the fry cook that day mm. um, didn't pass fry school with flying <laughs> colours, with frying colours, I apologise. Uh, <laughs> and he's just slopped Mark. And you realise that um, you're actually 
eating broken dreams of a yeah. dead, dead, dead animal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good point too. And like, I, f- I find it really weird that like you can, um, you can you can have like you can be satisfied for a craving, particularly a food craving. Like, there's all these different ways that you can be satisfied for the food craving that like aren't necessarily. That it just like it's not very logical to me. It's like if I if I really wanted that McDonald's burger and then I went to McDonald's and I got it and the fry cook was having a shit day, mm. I would be so much more dissatisfied than if I wanted a McDonald's burger and I was like, nope, I don't want to support McDonald's. I'm going to make my own burger instead. Mm. And I made my own burger and it was really good. Tasted nothing like a Macca's burger though, but I'd be super satisfied. Yeah. But it... Or, but like, you know, it, I would be as satisfied with that as I would have been if I had actually gotten a good version of the McDonald's burger. But if I had a shitty version, then it would be the opposite of satisfied. Totally. Um, and actually, full disclosure, that's part of the reason I stopped eating McDonald's is just because all these other great burger places ended yeah. up and you're like, you know what? Oh, I don't even hold a candle. Okay. Yeah. Just asking. This has just popped into my head. Do you think there are as many ways to be dissatisfied as there are satisfied? Oh. Oh, I like that. Me um, too. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, because there's so many ways to be dissatisfied because of advertising or just seeing somebody else have something that you don't. But yeah. like, maybe. yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like as many as, yeah, like I've really, I keep going back to, I think there's something to do with expectation there. So you had an expectation, it wasn't fulfilled. So now you're dissatisfied or you are, sat- it was fulfilled and you are satisfied. Um, I think that you could be dissatisfied in as many ways as you can be satisfied, but not any different ones, maybe. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, that's maybe the question now is, is dissatisfaction actually the opposite of satisfaction? Ooh. Or is it more about, I mean, it's, it obviously is like definitionally. <laughs> oh, no, well, no, let's find out. Hang yeah. on, because the, satis- like, the definition for satisfaction was pretty piss poor. Okay, well, um, someone needs to get a new dictionary. Oh, no. Because the definition for satisfaction was... This is an Oxford dictionary, by the way. Um, the, like, the definition for satisfaction was being fully satisfied. And <laughs> the, diction, the dictionary definition of dissatisfied is not satisfied. Oh! It's outrageous that they can give this to children. This is the cause of our eroding educational system right here. It truly is. Words don't mean anything. What's the point? Why, um, now, actually, this is the perfect time to examine. What were we expecting when we were looking for dissatisfaction? I guess I was expecting, I was expecting something to do with expectation. Again, I'm really harping on this, I know, but it it seems to be linked to satisfaction a lot for me. Well, we're very dissatisfied with this definition because we're expecting something better from the good people at Oxford. Precisely. Who have shat in our face. Precisely, exactly. (laughs) So I think dissatisfaction should be defined by my definition, should be something like um, the... Unsatisfied. <laughs> Damn it. Insufficient uh, fulfillment of an expectation. Well, I'm actually coming around to being satisfied because realizing that, there's, realizing that there's such gaping holes in the education system of, I guess, books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this leaves us free to make up our own definitions. So let's workshop it out. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it.
I was reading an article in Wired, in Wired about, it was called The Odd Psychology Behind Oddly Satisfying Slime Videos. Ooh, <laughs> tell me, because this is what I was watching this and like all those like that, all that video stuff that's like crack for people that have OCD yes. and just like soothing. What is the science behind that? Because it's just, tell me. Well, I will tell you because this was part of the rabbit hole I started going down when I was doing this. So I was listing some of the most satisfying things for me visually. And I was thinking of those videos that I think are usually called like, watch these satisfying videos. And it's like someone, you know, um, painting something and they get every line perfectly Mm. and, you know, or they're, um, they're cleaning a um, driveway with a pressure washer. And as they clean it, you know, you can see it getting clean um, the whole way through. And it's very satisfying when it's done. Sometimes Callum and I will watch car detailing videos because we're both absolute psychopaths and (laughs) love the, it's like extremely calming. And so I think that the part of it that's satisfying is because it's calming. And so this article in Wired talked about, I just pulled out a quote from it because I thought it was very um, succinct. It said, there's some kind of aesthetic quality that is visual, but it could also be tactile. It could also be the sound, such as a nice click when something closes. He says, um, there seemed to be something unifying about all these vastly different things that are just entirely different sensual modalities. So they're essentially lighting up parts in your brain that are sensory feelings. And Hmm. a lot of that has to do with your mirror neurons and why... um, and, th- and that's why it feels like you're the one with your hands in the slime or like you're the one who's um, cleaning the- with the pressure washer because you have mirror neurons in your brain, which are looking at whatever you're perceiving visually and firing off as if you're the one doing it. Um, but then there's also a, a relief that happens as well. Um, and I looked that up in relation to pimple popping videos because I also find those oh god satisfying. <laughs> they, st- oh, I hate them. Oh my god. Oh god, I hate them so much. <laughs> really? You hate- That's funny. I, I hate was- them. Is it disgust that you feel when you look at it? No, it's kind of exactly what you're talking about, except the opposite, which is like I have the kind of mother that, God love her. But like the kind of mother that if you are wearing a singlet top and she like, and you've got some sort of blemish on your back, she will just unannounced come up and just like grab your back skin and start like squishing shit out. And so and it just annoyed me. Like, I don't like, ah, uh, like just it just grosses me out. Manhandled like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, and she just gets super into it that I get really uncomfortable because I'm not sure if she's like actually aroused. <laughs> like, like you know some people are really into it and it's like i don't need to be your weird sex toy mom (laughs) okay i think that's me i'm one of those people and you just described like what would happen in my household growing up the entire time it was just like me and my mom squeezing pimples on each other and my dad just (laughs) i don't know if that's creepy to say but um i think it's um, a lot more common than people would think i think it happens pretty much in every household (laughs) yeah 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 and definitely you better believe if i had any sort of partner who wasn't into me doing that then we could not be boyfriend and girlfriend i'm sorry (laughs) Um, um well the psychology behind that or the neurochemistry behind that um also quite fascinating um and this this gets to the the core of like why it's calming to watch these oddly satisfying videos quote unquote 
Um, and that is because, um, so in relation to pimple popping, when you pop your own pimples, you get a hit of dopamine, which we all know is the neurotransmitter that has to do with feeling good and feeling happy. Um, but before you pop the pimple, you feel tense or excited. And then once it's popped, you feel liberated afterwards. So basically you have this sort of pressure and then you have a release. Um, and so if you're watching someone do that because of the, the mirror neurons, you're getting that sort of tension, tension, tension release. Um, and so it could be that you're stressed out about different things going on in your life. And like, I'll be, you know, I'm this way. Like if I'm like real stressed out, I'll just like, instead of doing what I need to do that day, I'll just like go into the bathroom with my tweezers and my fingernails and just start popping zits on my face as like some sort of weird stress relief. I think because you're getting these just like mini doses of just like tension release, tension release, and you can't control whatever else is going on in your life that's really stressful. And so you can do this and it's giving you these little mini hits of dopamine. So I thought that was quite satis uh, satisfying to me that there is a um, psychological and, and neurochemical reason for that. And it's not just because I'm a gross person that I no, like watching that's, um, that. <laughs> that's really interesting. And it's great because your birthday is actually coming up and I didn't know what I was going to get you, but now I'm just going to deliver a very like acne ravaged teenager for you to keep in your bathroom for when you're feeling a bit stressed. You can use it like bubble wrap. It'll be great. Please, can, can you get me some like long fingernails along with it so I could have some like, like a set of fingernails that I put on when I take to this acne ridden teenager's back so that I can feel really, so I think the, the biggest problem I have with it is that I don't have nails. We can fix that, babe. Like, we can yeah. maybe edit that. <laughs> that wasn't very good. <laughs> no, consider it done. If you want nails as well as a small pimply teenager, done, babe. Your Thank wish, you. recommend. Thank you. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, oh my God, if you could deliver me some sort of pimple popping toy, that would be amazing. I That's a great idea for a toy. <laughs> yeah, well, they've got, um, they've got, what do you call it? Uh, like permanent bubble wrap. Uh, so you can get like these keychains that have like everlasting bubble wrap for you to be able to pop when you're stressed. Um, and so if they do that, there's no, there's, the sky's the limit. Of course we can make it like harvest a teenager. Of for course. You. Why would I even question this? Of course. Go to any street, like, take a teenager. <laughs> or make your own. It just takes a, like a decade or so more than you're willing to get. <laughs> Maybe if you smear a baby in Greece, they will develop acne faster, which will be perfect for all your stress relief needs. Yeah, I've got a really big future in um, inventions. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Thank you. Guys, copyright. Copyright. Do not do not go having teenagers just to, to squeeze their pimples. Okay, this is something we've got in the in the works. Mm, yeah, like if you were thinking about doing that, back off. It's our yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know it's funny? Um, so many places like really do capitalize on that. Um, those tactile sort of experiences. You know Chanel. Um, Chanel. Uh, the lipsticks. They. Um, I had a Chanel lipstick ages back and they, because it's expensive and they want you to feel like you're very special. They give you a whole booklet with a lipstick um, telling you about like the ins and outs of Chanel and the company. And they spend millions of dollars and a whole team of specialists to specifically to design the click of a Chanel lipstick so that it's super satisfying and super um, like 
aesthetically and like audibly pleasing and just so succinct and it just works and that just nifty little it works and so there's a whole team designing that oh see these this is the now this is what's interesting there is obviously we know there's a lot of psychology behind satisfaction um and what is scary to me is that that type of psychology is being hacked more and more um for you know to our detriment really because it's capitalist <laughs> um but you know there's you know, so much i don't mind a bit of capitalism oh no no, no of course <laughs> yeah. no but i mean sorry i shouldn't say it's capitalist but it, it's specifically to sell us stuff and it's not to improve our lives you know i think that there can be a way to hack that psychology to sell us things but it's stuff that we actually need and it's not only to sell us things it's also in designing things that give us better lives that are free that we, you know that are government policies or whatever um, but it makes me think of the, uh, like those, all of those design elements, which, um, you know, I think before there was a little bit of mystery as to why someone found a click or, a, a, you know, running your fingers through sand or any of those things. There was a bit of a spooky kind of thing going on where um, it was just kind of, it, it wasn't viewed as like, oh, here's another tool that we can use to get inside of people's brains. It was more just kind of a weird side effect of being human. Um, and it scares me that, you know, as, as much as we get more information about how our brain works, at the same time, that information is ultimately going to be used exclusively to sell us things. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Yeah, this is where advertising steps overboard because I, um, I love, like, elements of a capitalist society where there's the whole thing of, like, I've made this fucking cool thing. It's great. It's a really cool product. But da 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 and if you want it, that would be great. But then this weird sort of mixture, like in, in that chain of someone making something cool that is actually useful and can benefit your life. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's like a weird element on the inside where advertising totally oversteps its borders and just like, ma like manipulates you to do, uh, not just manipulates you in like a single moment of an advertisement, like your like whole demographics I like, uh, what's the word I'm like, conditioned very purposefully over their whole like girl, like tampon ads, all this whole, like the whole like view around um, a woman's like menstruation. That is like, and that's just one demographic. They do the same thing for like boys. They do the same thing for like middle-aged men. They do the same thing, all this kind of stuff. And just like, uh, grump anger <laughs> no no but also agree like i think the that is particularly with satisfaction when the the human condition is to be dissatisfied um i think that that particular effect is a really scary one that we now have because 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 the whole point i mean of mindfulness for example is realizing that this peak state final destination of like everything is fine and everything is satisfied doesn't exist you know we know that like life is change and everything constantly changes and evolves and so to be seeking ultimate satisfaction is a fool's errand because the best we can get is moment to moment living in the present being mindful of thoughts and you're not attached to them and that sort of all the best that we can hope for in terms of happiness and true satisfaction you know, but then we get sold the idea that, and, and through, through more and more sort of insidious, like slow, gradual changes and shifts in the way that our brains are wired, 
to think that we are getting the, the sort of the trickery of it is going to get more is getting not even going to get it's going to get more and more subtle so that we're going to feel satisfied by things for sort of more extensive periods of time i'm, I'm going to follow this with an example so that you know what i mean mm. <laughs> um, i'm changing my stance okay <laughs> <laughs> like i'm, okay, I'm changing um i do think actually like, okay i think dissatisfaction as like a larger thing may be part of the human condition but i think satisfaction totally is as well and i actually think that we're probably more dissatisfied and think that dissatisfaction is a driving force of human behavior and we kind of think that that probably is innate but that's probably more because of advertising like i wonder if we'd have the same dissatisfaction if we lived in a world where we'd never had advertising mm. well that's kind of where i was going with it which is where it's sort of the the trick of advertising which is what makes you feel like something's going to satisfy it now i do wonder in a world without those expectations you know mm -hmm. would we would we feel so dissatisfied but i mean i guess for me this goes back to <laughs> this goes back to it always goes back to the agricultural revolution for me <laughs> it really does <laughs> <laughs> like, literally everything but but real i just think about okay those those humans they i mean is I guess, is satisfaction or seeking satisfaction the same as any goal, maybe, is the question. Well, is, is that the root of all seeking is satisfaction? Or maybe there are other things. Conversely, is it is just like, is it another extension of jealousy, which is something like, is it just a sort of like more evolved word for like the crude emotion of jealousy? They just uh, Because you see someone else who has something and then you want yeah. that. Yeah, so like, cause, yeah. Well, I, it's I, in the Sorry, you go. I was just gonna say it's in the comparison, which is where the dissatisfaction comes from. It seems because that's when you notice what you're lacking. That's a good point. Okay, so this brings me back to maybe the opposite of satisfaction is dissatisfaction in the context of comparison. Mm -hmm. But then you have another type of satisfaction where disappointment is the opposite when it's in relation to your own internal expectations. Mm. You know, I'm uh, like in- Do we need to define like, it? In, I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to say, in response to the initial, like the premise of the show, no, I never thought about satisfaction before this. Do you ever think <laughs> about it? No, it's, it's not something I thought. And I was like trolling through weird, hang on, I'll get my dictionary. But I was trolling through weird stuff. Oh, <laughs> Hang on. Um, I'll put in a pause. In my time before this, because no, I don't think about satisfaction, it turns out. I like to think that I'm um well balanced, but I don't. Um I was just thinking, it's such a weird concept that we're trying to like define in this weird, like intangible nuance of like uh, just human wants, not even needs, just wants. And then Urban Dictionary, hang on, Urban Dictionary had a great, uh, uh, it's just, what the fuck was it? Where is it? Say Urban Dictionary again, so we'll cut it. Yeah. So on Urban Dictionary, there was a, <laughs> a quite unsatisfying um, definition, but okay, satisfying coloring with different colors of permanent markers and or sniffing the tip of a marker and enjoying it. <laughs> it's like, 
okay, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is that <laughs> that's, that's just enjoy. This, see, I think that satisfaction is really almost like when I really drill down, is it any different than pleasure? Like deriving Ooh. pleasure from something. Oh, well, it's weird because I think there's different shades of satisfaction in the way that there's like different types of love or like you have different love for your friend, you have different like, like than you do for your romantic partner, then again, mm. you do for your family. Then again. So if there's different shades of love, like there seems to be that there's different shades of satisfaction. One from something that can be like met like a burger when you're craving a burger. And the other thing is like the, <sighs> the existential oh, yeah. kind of satisfaction. Yeah, like the emotional uh, reward, the effort that you've put in. Yeah, that's really that's a really good way. So it's it's you get a proportional a reward that you feel is proportional to the input. Yeah, because there was um I don't know I'm just spitballing. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know either. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think um I think that we get the reward does have a lot to do with it in terms of your brain. Um, in all those examples I was giving before, every article kept talking about the nucleus accumbens, which is a section of your brain that um, is commonly re referred to as the reward pathway. And so dopamine is released when we partake in rewarding or pleasurable activities, mm. which activate this pathway. Um, and it includes activities that are essential to your survival, such as eating and having sex, right? So those are kind of maybe what you were talking about before, where they have really kind of like like finite sort of like, either you scratched the itch or you didn't. Either you, you were hungry and you ate some food, and it doesn't matter if you liked the food. It's like you ate the food and now you're not hungry anymore, no matter what the food was. But then there's also the other side of that, which... Um, in the reward pathway, which is what drugs um, activate on. And so that's more fulfilling that kind of existential reward, I think, which is not just eating a burger and not feeling hungry anymore, but eating a burger and it was exactly the burger you wanted and it tasted really good. I don't know. Because what's the like, difference between like satisfying and like um, intriguing because I was like, oh my god, the smell of garlic pizza is satisfying. And I was like, no, it's not. It just gets me more excited for pizza. Mm. So if anything, it opens up a chasm of unsatisfaction that yeah. needs to be filled. <laughs> I think for me, I think about the most satisfying experiences to me, and it's almost like it's satisfying because it 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 puts a button on it. You know, like it ends something almost. It's not a it's not an opening feeling. It's like a okay, that need was fulfilled and now that door can be closed and I can close it without having to worry, without having any lingering need to open it again, you know? Yeah. Like, um, like I was thinking like a really satisfying conversation, you know, sometimes like if you, like either listening to one or having one myself, when I might have like a really, like a lot of thoughts going on in my head and don't even really realize what those thoughts are until you're in the experience where you just happen to have a conversation with someone and you're just both on the same vibe and you have this like really engaging conversation that 
allows you to express what you were feeling in a way that you hadn't really put words to yet. And then at the conclusion of that conversation, you feel very, or I feel very satisfied, like, oh, that thought became something. I allowed that thought, which was sort of really like um, just amorphous in my head, has now taken a shape that exists. And now I've sorted that thought out and I can sort of close that off because I figured it out, you know? So figuring mm. something out is really satisfying, I guess. I think there's a lot to be said about your point that satisfaction seems to come with the closing of something rather than the, uh, like intrigue, like rather than something being intriguing, yeah. which is where you want more, you know, what about like, um, I feel like you'll relate to this. I also thought something else that makes me feel very satisfied is like finding the perfect word, mm. you know, mm. like being really precise and getting like the exact word for something or description for something. My Yes. I am aroused. <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah. we're going to have the perfect word. <laughs> Envelope. <laughs> Envelope. Envelope. Um, the actual word, satisfying. Can we have a quick yeah. um, to-do about that? Great word for what they're like. I think that there's something super onomatopoeic about it where it, it somehow does encapsulate what it is trying to say. And it's this kind of like, satisfying who comes up with this shit i love it yeah. <laughs> yeah and like um and i guess it's like the sister word like satiate actually maybe mm. that's the different that's the one maybe satiate is the one where you've just like eaten something and it's like makes you full so you're satiated you're not hungry anymore but you're not satisfied because it wasn't what you were craving so i'm satiated like oh yeah i'm not hungry anymore but I fucking wanted a pizza and you fed me some sort of weird vegan cauliflower shit that wasn't a pizza. So I'm not satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, I'm angrier than I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Satiate is just that. So what's the difference between having something fulfilled and it like, if something's fulfilled, that's not enough to be satisfied. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is there a diff, like a gap between satiated and like having your needs technically met, but with no sort of like fanfare or Mm. like, or completeness maybe. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like the romantic sort of side of it that the expectations that you had in your head were not met, but you're not going to die. And so in that middle ground, do we have to live day after day after day? And the answer is, I mean, yeah, that's like the perfect, that's, that's the human condition part of it, I think, which is that like, we can meet, we can meet these needs, but we're not fulfilling them. You know, it's kind Mm. of, it's, it's met. It's like, oh yeah, like definitely like I'm not going hungry, but am I getting the richness of what I could have, which is what I imagine in my mind. Like powdered food substitute and it's like yeah technically i'm getting my nutrients in a crude um insult to food but like yeah (laughs) yeah but it's not like the decadent kind of um taste bud arousing scenario that we would expect to get when we think of food Mm. that's i mean that's Mm. like some of the psychology behind why diets don't work actually 
if you're never gonna satisfy the desire for like a nice flavor or or just the the desire to like not have to be approaching food with this high level of like anxiety and like expectation that you're going to be dissatisfied then it's actually you kind of it kind of like dieting has the reverse effect where you say you you manage to do the cleanse for 30 days but at the end of it the first thing you do is going to eat is going to be eat fast food and it's probably going to be really hard to stick with that because it wasn't satisfying all these other things even though you might not have been hungry yeah and that's the thing actually like when the highlight is put on what you can't have there's not it's like it moves from not being satisfied to feeling deprived yeah which is like oh, the extra good. layer like of depth to the whole thing um because yeah that is why like these fad diets and everything don't work is because not only are you depriving yourself of things that you should be able to have in moderation but the very fact of putting them on this like pedestal puts them in this like weirdly unreachable view like wait which makes them so much more alluring and so mm. much more seemingly satisfying than what they actually are and so is there a difference between like a need being satisfied or a want being satisfied i think that is the difference between satisfied and satiated maybe maybe that's where it is because the need is the satiated you know i've been i've been i've gotten the food into my belly i was dirty and i took a shower i you know i needed i needed to fuck and I got, and I, and I blew my load, but it was just with my hand and it was watching porn and yep, I blew my load when I needed to. Now, is that as satisfying? That's satiated. I've no, I don't have blue balls. Isn't that how it works for men? <laughs> I yeah, blew my load, so I don't have blue balls, <laughs> but I'm not satisfied in the way I would be if I had the soft, the soft touch of a woman or a man or whoever I'm into, you know, yeah. jerking, jerking off you'll get satiated, but like having an intimate, loving, or, or not loving, but just very raunchy, kinky, you know, sex that like fulfills you in that sort of animalistic way is a want getting fulfilled, not a need. Mm. Mm. Maybe that's mm-hmm. Look up what is satiated to find That's out. what I'm just trying yeah. to find out. But then like I mixed up in your head because you were saying sex stuff and then I like thought of the word saturated and I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> satiated saturated sounds fun yeah. <laughs> the condition of feeling or being satiated this dictionary leaves a lot to be desired it's just they haven't really um taken much into account about the definitions which some yeah. might argue is the point of a dictionary, of a dictionary. <laughs> not just um, a list of words it is also other things <laughs> um, okay satiable able to be satiated oh thank yeah. you wow thank exactly say she ate verb to satisfy fully to glute or coy with or cloy what the fuck is that um or cloy with an excess of something again great definition so just to recap thank you oxford student dictionary which is probably responsible for our crumbling um standards of academia <laughs> across the nation um satiate say she ate verb to satisfy fully to glute or cloy with an excess of something what the f- i, I know even so that saying yeah. fully Fine. satisfied is satiated to satisfy fully yeah 
So we had it wrong. Satisfy is um, the 80%. Satiate is the hundy. Saturated guess, is the yeah. 150. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, okay, level one, satisfied. Level two, satiated. Level three, saturated. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think that like, my whole life is just going to be a pursuit of satisfaction that it's probably not going to be achieved. And like, that's why mindfulness is so important. I think to incorporate because, because it's not about the end goal. It's about being happy with being satisfied, but not in the hundred percent sense being, being okay with the needs being met, even being if okay the wants are not met. Being okay with not being saturated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Being, yeah. Like accepting acceptance of that, that. And I think that like social media falls into the same category when it comes to advertising in that sense of like, really, that is where I think the dissatisfaction comes from more than anything else in this weird sort of like structure of comparison that all these motherfuckers are making all the money off our insecurities. Um, Bastards. Uh, oh, where was I going with that? Um, and yeah, so it's mindfulness as well as gratitude seems to be the real like pinpointer for being able to just be take, take stock of your own immediate environment and take just joy in what you do have without needing anything more than that. And then advertising and social media kind of work in the exact same sinister way of just delivering you images and showing you why you shouldn't be happy. More that we've talked about this, I think satisfying has been used as more of a caveat throw at for a lot of, uh, like a word that's been thrown at for a lot of different things that aren't actually satisfying Mm. Um, or aren't actually like satisfaction. Mm, that's a good point and I wonder if um that is part of the kind of um well I think that like a lack of precision in language has a lot to do with the um dumbing down of people as well you know I think it is important to actually make sure that you're precise because it allows you to express yourself better and then that is satisfying (laughs) totally like that yes amen because this is the thing if you expand your vocabulary, you're expanding your ability to express yourself accurately. Mm. Like, because there are actually words for that weird nuanced thing that you're actually feeling. There are actually ways that you can say exactly what you mean. Mm. I'm just like, I'm just thinking as well, like now, cause okay. Why do we use satisfying as a word incorrectly if that's what we're doing? And I think a lot of that would probably come down to advertising. Like you mm. think a hungry Jack's ad and you just see a picture of a burger and just the word satisfying in red on top of that that's not satisfying that's a fucking picture you're being told this thing like and so all of a sudden people just start like associating anything that's like juicy back to what we were discussing re neuroscience of satisfaction um and i think i mentioned to you the uh really interesting sector of the brain called the nucleus accumbens accumbens Mm -hmm. accumbens um So this, this section kept coming up in all of the, the three articles. I basically Googled, why is blank satisfying? Why is blank satisfying? And the, the first one I put was, why are those slime videos so satisfying? And then the second one was, why are pimple popping videos so satisfying? And uh, then the third- It makes me feel so queasy. <laughs> I hate it. Um, well, the third one I looked up was, why is electronic music 
so satisfying. Um, cause it's I was specifically, pus. what? I'm sorry. I was still stuck on the pimple. I'm like, it's pus. It's pus. Come again. Like, sorry. I didn't even realize that it had fallen out of my face. I was just like still freaking out about it. It's no. pus. Valid. Totally valid. Um, but what's not pus is electronic music. <laughs> no, You're I was absolutely looking right. And I didn't even realize that I just mashed that shit up. They are unrelated subjects, people. <laughs> So some people, some, some people hate electronic music and it could be equivalent to aural pus to them. And it's acceptable if they feel that way. Um, but anyway, um, so I was looking, I was thinking about like the buildups and the drops in electronic music and um, how, you know, that when it, when you have a really good like drop, it's very, very satisfying feeling. And again, it went back to the idea of like anticipating and like tension and release. Um, but the, on a chemical level, once again, the buildup and drop influences your dopamine reward system, which is found in this area of the brain, which is the nucleus accumbens. accumbens. Um, and um, so, for example, um, you might be listening to a song and the buildup begins and you're already imagining that there's going to be a satisfying drop. And so the tension response is preparing your body for the drop and also preparing the dopamine hit in your brain, um, as does the prediction response. So it's kind of like both things. It's like the anticipation and the prediction. And then the reaction and appraisal response occurs when the body is assessing its environment and um, the drop does come and that tells your brain to release the dopamine. And so that's why it actually like physically feels really good to a lot of people, in particular, if you might be under the influence of a substance, which increases the amount of dopamine that's actually being released or being um, taken back up by your brain. Um, and that is um, stored in the nucleus accumbens, as I keep mentioning. <laughs> um, mm. And uh, it's, just, it's just the same. It's the same type of reward that you would get from sex, drugs, food, um, you know, other types of rewards. Like all of it is just happening in the same part of your brain, whether it's music, whether it's popping a pimple, whether it's watching a slime video, video and seeing something really tactile. It's essentially, you know, activating the, the same thing as like taking a drug or eating a really good sandwich, um, which is quite like... I, I guess it's like it's it's intuitive to me that 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 is all the same biological system, um, but it's just funny that that so many like it just makes me kind of realize like what animals we are, you know, like we think that we're having these nuanced experiences and having these like really psychological cognitive experiences, and all it really is is like. Um, you know, the same feeling that a dog gets when they start drooling because they think they're going to get food put in front of them. <laughs> you know? um, well, I find that quite hopeful, actually, yeah. especially if you struggle. Like, well, if you struggle with um, not being able to be present or anything, mm. when you equate it and you're like, oh, I think I'm being so cultured because I get my dopamine hits from really expensive wine. But really, you're actually doing the exact same thing as a cat just enjoying the sun. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing in your head. And so if you put it like them together and be like, well, there's no reason that I have to negate this sort of happiness in the here and now because I've, if the cat can do it and he can't even do maths, yeah. I, can, <laughs> I can enjoy this moment. Or maybe you can't point. because you can do maths. 
Well, it's a bit humbling. It's the curse of intellect. Mm. That is, yeah, no, I, it's the curse. I think it is the curse of, of, um, consciousness. <laughs> yeah. We can't just fucking enjoy the sun. Um, but what people, all these activities and then not enjoy time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you know, fill up your time so much with things that you think are fulfilling, but then like, you're so anxious about all of them getting done that nothing is fulfilling and everything just feels like you're playing catch up. Um, mm. Well, in terms of psychology of satisfaction and just like being happy, how it relates to like happiness, um, I think that it's pretty well known in positive psychology, which is like a, a type of psychology that became popular in the um, 90s. Um, uh, the idea that there are basically three routes to happiness or routes. <laughs> I was um, just going to say, what are their names? Three routes. <laughs> <laughs> three routes to happiness. In America, it's three routes to happiness. And in Australia, it's three routes to happiness. Um, you know why? You know, yes. The and word rooting. <laughs> root in Australia means fucking. Gross. So proponents of positive psychology find it helpful to distinguish three routes to, ha- to happiness which are positive feelings, active engagement in life, and having a sense of purpose or meaning. Um, People who experience the greatest satisfaction in life pursue all three, but especially active engagement and greater purpose. So, and I would agree with this, that sort of the positive feelings, you know, feeling, feeling that life is worth living and, 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 um, looking on the bright side and being optimistic and feeling grateful and feeling humility and all of those things. Um, gratitude comes into it, which is what you mentioned before. Um, those kind of things I think actually follow on from if you have active engagement and then you'll get purpose as well. So, um, you know, I think one of the, the, like one of the biggest recommendations they would make to someone who's depressed is to like, go be of service to other people. Right you know, the best advice that I would give to a friend who's feeling down is to go do something for someone else. Mm. Well, by the sound of positive psychology, this is like back to the definition thing. Sorry, I'm a bore. But like, that sounds like satisfaction is a much more elongated experience when it's framed like that. And when you're actually like, it seems like satisfaction is something that can be cultivated in the same way, like content, like more contentment, whereas it's sort of like, longer experience rather than what we've been talking about as satisfying being a single event that can last anywhere from like 0.5 sec like 0.5 of a second for a drop or yeah. to like the, ex- the amount of time it takes to consume a nacho crusted burger yes um, <laughs> um so maybe satiated is the short-term experience of it and satisfied is the longer experience. It's like the difference between weather and climate. Like weather is the isolated Mm. event that happens on the day. Climate is like the average for the month. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nailed it. The condition. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Okay. So we've, okay. So what have we learned today? We have learned that (laughs) satiated, satisfied, have, Different definitions. Well, they don't really. If we use my dictionary, they actually have very like insufficient definitions. <laughs> we have defined them in our own ways that we are satisfied with. We are satisfied with those definitions. I'm gonna get the white out now and I'm gonna add my own definitions to this stupid dictionary.
So if you have something to say about today's topic, write to us at doyouevertheinkaboutmail at gmail.com or send us a text or voicemail to 0499-860-397 and we might feature it in an upcoming minisode. Please don't forget to follow us wherever you listen, rate us on Apple Podcasts, or share our show with other curious friends if you fancy. And finally, thank you to Scotty for production assistance, Frook for our theme music, and Slum One for our wonderful cover art and graphic design. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.